0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Oliver Stone's documentary, JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass, premieres tonight on Showtime, featuring the latest score by five-time Emmy-winning composer Jeff Beale. I spoke with Beale when he came to the Kennedy Center in 2016 to perform his score for House of Cards in concert with the National Symphony Orchestra. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jason. Great to be on your show, man.
0: Yep, House of Cards in concert. Uh, I believe this is the this is the first time this has ever been done, right?
1: Yeah, this is the the world premiere, and I was so excited when you know we heard that that the National Symphony wanted to do it because, of course, you know, there is no better place to premiere this 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 concert with 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 a video and all this stuff. Right in right in the heart of, uh, of of Washington D.C. and with the National Symphony Orchestra and at the Kennedy Center, it just feels like we are completely breaking all of the fourth walls uh, in the music world too. So we're we're just thrilled, and they're a wonderful orchestra, as you know. And um, uh, the opportunity to hear you know people obviously that know the show, know the music very well, but there's nothing like hearing it played by a, a live symphony orchestra. In fact. Uh, one of the things I've done is take a lot of music from the show and actually expanded it, so it really is written for the full orchestra. So you really get to hear the orchestra play. Awesome,
0: yeah. Um, D.C. is the the perfect place for you guys to to come do this. Obviously, we're featured in the credits. Um, but uh, I, I also remember um, I was there at the they, at the museum. They had the they premiered the the show itself, the very first season. Um, you know, it's like you guys are coming home again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's wonderful because uh, you know I had the great pleasure last year of meeting uh, the creator of the original show from the UK, Michael Dobbs, is his name, and he's actually a member of the House of House of Lords in London. So this show has its roots from the very beginnings in the in the world of politics, not only in story but also in the people that created it. Yeah. It's just really really cool to to be doing it in in Washington D.C. Um, I remember when we first premiered a I, I read some stories that a lot of people sort of in the Beltway were really fans of the show and like, of course, this isn't my world, but to them, the show does a good job of of, of describing what what Washington really feels like, what the sort of really inner workings of, of the town are like. So that's uh, obviously we're much more heightened and stylized than that. But uh, it's uh, it's a cool connection.
0: Yeah. Take me into. Um... When you when you first came up with the idea, it's it's weird to think there was a time that that theme didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> we all it's all in our heads now. But take me back to you know where you were and how you came up with with that sound. Yeah,
1: and that's fun, and that's also so you know something I'm really excited about the concert. A lot of what I'll be doing in the concert is sort of talking about my process and where some of this music came from and the inspirations, and sort of give you a peek inside behind the scenes. The, the interesting thing about the theme is that it was actually written before David Fincher shot a, 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 a reel of film uh, on the show. Uh, I actually had a meeting with with David about the show. I'd read about four scripts from the creator, Bo Williman, and we talked about concepts and musical inspirations. And after that meeting, I got a call that David wanted to hear some sketches you know, before he started shooting. And I thought, perfect opportunity to sort of follow up on that and try some things. So... Uh, I wrote about four initial sketches, and and I didn't really know what was going to be. I had a feeling that might be the one, but but that you know that that uh, that sketch, initial sketch, was was something that I wrote uh, away from picture, and then of course it got expanded on later. And the whole idea behind it was really I, I remember David said we need to call to arms, uh, and so it, it's it. There's a certain heroic, dark heroic quality to it, but obviously we talked about the gritty sort of. Um, Carnivorous nature of Frank Underwood and and this sort of creature of politics, and and so you know that baseline was something that I just started with. Oh, that feels kind of you know, kind of visceral and and um, predatory, mm-hmm. and so so really the, the whole thing comes from that very simple baseline and then that 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 series of chords that goes over it. Uh, and yeah, it was just it was sort of uh, I, I find often in film music the simplest ideas can be the most effective if you find a good one. You know. And, and a lot of what I like to do in film music is to try to th- find some very simple building blocks that somehow in their combination uh, creates a real interesting musical, musical palette.
0: Yeah. Talk about how um, also um, the, you know, sort of the graphic sequence that they, you know, the shots they pick of, of Nat's Park and even like a waste barrel by the river and, and <laughs> shadow, shadows creeping across. This I, historic, no, I mean, it's, I, it's very symbolic. Talk about how that pairs so well with the score.
1: I love that, and I and I love that you mentioned the barrel because one thing that's so cool about about the the title sequences is you have these beautiful iconic shots of Washington, and, and then but you also have these incredibly prosaic images like like the barrel on the on the river there. I'm assuming that's all David and and you know and his editor Kurt Baxter, and right. uh, there was a. You know, listen, there was a second unit that had to set up this time-lapse stuff, because it's very tricky to move a camera dolly and make things move, and it's very intricate. In fact, one of the coolest things they did at the very end, and I'll talk about the trumpet in a second, too, because that was one of the last things I put in, believe it or not, because I'm a trumpet player, but it felt like the most obvious thing. Uh, but, But one of the cool things he did visually at the end was some of the daytime shots. He actually had people go through frame by frame and paint out all the people. Oh, wow. And that was so cool, because um you know of course it just really it feels even more ghostly so so i guess what 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 one of the things that the main title sequence does it shows us all of those popular iconic things that we've seen but it somehow shows them in a different way and and couches them this is what film does you know we take a we take something and you make a statement about it by the way you photograph it by the music that you put on it yeah um and and it was sort of a a template for what became the whole score to the show i mean aside from the main title which everybody knows i love Composing the score for each episode, which I've now done for four seasons, getting ready to do a fifth, and you know, in every episode we have about thirty minutes of original music, and, and every every year I've released you know a double CD of music just because there's that much new material created. So, so really, uh, you know, not on, in television and film, you know, I feel I definitely feel like we're sort of at this is a def, somebody calling it peak television, which it might be. It's pretty crazy, but <laughs> it's certainly a golden age of the small screen. And, and, and just following suit with the quality when you look at the acting talent, the writing talent, the directing talent that has decided that this is a really cool place to be, the opportunity for composers is enormous in this, in this world. So I feel really lucky uh, and fortunate to be working on such a great show and, and, and a show that really sort of begs and, and invite, invites you to really write a, a very expansive a score, you know. Uh, one of my favorite. There's a. I don't want to give away what we're going to do in the concert, but but people that know the series well will will get to see you know in film you know some of the, some some very uh, iconic scenes from the, from the series with the orchestra playing the score.
0: Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, and um, you know there's also other ones where I've sort of choreographed, choreographed montages. Uh, from from the show that really go along with the music. So it's not like some of these concerts where we're just showing the film with the orchestra. It's a little more of a curated (laughs) experience. And part of the reason I did that was also how do you distill, you know, what over 50 hours of TV into an evening. But also I wanted it to be the kind of of concert where people that know the show and know the music will will be able to have an experience they can't have at home. Uh, just watching it, and also for people that have maybe have never seen House of Cards, which I'm sure there are some of those, uh, can come. But there's not; it's not just full of plot spoilers. Obviously, there's a few things you're going to learn. <laughs> are you going are,
0: are to see anything from the most recent season? Will that be spoiled? Yes, in? I've actually.
1: There's a few, not a lot of big, you know, I'm trying to avoid really big, dramatic spoilers. Right. You know what the big spoiler is in season four, for example. And I, I'm hinting at it, but I'm not showing that. Right. But uh, in
0: season two, by the way, you you don't know this. Our radio station is literally where the fictional uh, Cathedral Heights Metro is, where the big season two oh, twist happens. That is so exciting. <laughs> and that, that
1: scene, that wonderful scene, you know, this is a great story because I'm so glad you're mentioning this because... Um, I'm pretty sure the very first shot that David did, which is an amazing shot, and this will be shown in the concert, there's a great scene between Frank and Zoe. I think it's in the second episode of the first season, in the subway tunnel, when they have this wonderful conversation. And it's great for people that know the series. It's also sort of a harbinger of something. It's a little bit of foreshadowing. About 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 what might happen later, but and I didn't even know that when I was doing it because I didn't know what was going to happen to Zoe. That's part of I don't like knowing a lot about what's going to happen, although I do need to know. But I try, try to forget when I'm writing because I want to experience it the audience. But but there's, it's it's so amazingly timed the way the train comes in. I don't know if that was an accident or whatever, but it's almost as if you couldn't plan the train to show up at a better part in the conversation. It's just such a great image. You know, another funny story. I just did a whole TED talk that's going to be up soon. And, and one of the things that was really struck me by surprise, you mentioned the oil can, but another, a lot of other people, uh, there's a chord that plays when the train goes under a bridge in the main title. Oh, and yeah. for for some people, that's like their favorite part of it. And so it just cracks me up because I never planned it. I mean, <laughs> the way the music lined up with the train was, was kind of an accident, but it's also, I also learned something from that. And it's the way in which an audience engages and and sort of you know you're part of the storytelling experience especially when you have music and film at the same time you know our, our brains creatively do this really cool thing where we sort of create a narrative we, we fill it in even if there isn't one there we create it and it's it's one of the things I love about being a film composer because a lot of what we do at film, as film composers is sort of exist in that non-verbal world of the imagination and emotions where the music can sometimes tell you things that you don't see you know a lot of what makes House of Cards so cool uh, is is all these agendas and these political things, but we can't really show that. It's hard to show, you know, conspiracy, but you can feel a cons- conspiracy. And, and I know that David was influenced and sort of pays homage to my one of my favorite movies about Washington and a real classic film, All the President's Men, you know, just in, in terms of, of tone and yeah. the way that felt, you know, sort of, you know, there's, there's definitely that sort of brooding, operatic, uh, An almost film noir quality, sometimes sort of percolating through the, through the show, which I just love. Being a trumpet player and a jazz trumpet player too, which which is my instrument.
0: Definitely, yeah. Now, speaking of the classic movies, um, did you do you have any composers that that sort of inspired you when you were coming up? And you know, the Bar- Bernard Hermans or the Morriconeys or anyone?
1: Yeah, there's you know Morricone. There, there's two people at the top of that question for me. One is Ennio Morricone, mm-hmm. and Bernard Herman, of course. But the other one that really comes to mind that I always mention is Jerry Goldsmith, and I'll tell you oh why. Oh, God, because, he's so good. You know, he's so good. He was also a great, really really a jazz composer. I mean, he listened to scores like Chinatown, yeah, Chinatown and LA Chinatown Confidential. Is, oh, Chinatown, such a great score. Oh, yes. and, he had this sense of, and he had this wonderful sense of sophistication in his music. And, and so he's, you know, the, the thing I love about him and Ennio, and of course John Williams, and then some more modern composers that are wonderful, like, you know, uh, Alexander Desplat, and Mark Isham, and Thomas Newman, uh, is that you know, I, I tend to gravitate towards the composers that I feel create a unique sound for every show they do and and all those guys do that. and that's that's what I love to do. But the jazz thing is really fun because this is something that David and I did not talk about really in our first meeting, but something i I felt obliged to explore, which really relates to Jerry goldsmith's was was this whole idea of film noir, you know, and reading the first four scripts uh, of this relationship of Frank and Claire Underwood. and what a strange. But sophisticated world it was. I thought, man, this really needs some PG-13 cores and music. So uh, one, of the, one of the very first sketches I wrote, which we'll also be doing at the concert and showing some of the scene, is this sort of film noir, slow 3-4 theme that people from the, the show will immediately recognize. You first hear it in the pilot when Frank comes home and has this sort of long night of the soul when he smokes a cigarette and decides what he's going to do, you know? yeah. And it's sort of the beginnings of their sort of evil plotting music. And, and that was something I, I just tried on an instinct, and David loved it, and um, he ended up putting that theme in that, in that scene, and it's stuck with us forever since, and it's become a big, a big part of our sound, and, and uh, I, one of the things I love about the show, the way it's written, um, you know, our creator, Bo Williman, actually, you know, he does a lot of things. He's a playwright, he's a graphic artist, he's a just brilliant guy, but, but he also worked as, uh, in, in, in politics. He was a staffer, I believe, in Washington, so he has a, an experience. In, in politics, and um, I, he, his writing is so descriptive, but he, there's a sophistication in his writing, which I really love. I lo- often tell people that I feel like people talk in House of Cards, like I rem- I'm old enough to remember like when, people, when movie dialogue was written like that, which I just loved. It's sort of a lot of double entendre, sophisticated use of language. Um, back to and, and n- I, noir. I wish you would get back to that in some scripts. I <laughs> know. I know. Well, I think we are. Here we are. I mean yeah, look it's at true. House That's of true. Cards. We do, you know. We, I mean, our, our 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 smoking scenes, you know, stand in for those. That's one of our sex scenes, you know. Right. I mean, it's, right, it's, right. it's the whole idea of what you imply is as powerful as what you show. Which I think it's is, more it powerful, totally, which is against naturalism, is which noir was all about. Noir yeah. was all about style and atmosphere.
0: Do you sort of view your your House of Cards theme, and then I mean, to even be spoken in the same breath as Jerry Goldsmith? Oh. But they but they relate. I mean, it's they're both corruption. One's the water and power corruption of L.A., well, exactly. and this is that's these, actually.
1: Really yeah. good, that's a really good point, and, we, and I hadn't thought of that before. But, yeah, very similar stories in the sense that they're, they're, they have a political dimension to them, but they're really about the dark underbelly of what really happens. So, um, you know, I, I would never put myself in the same sentence with Jerry. <laughs> He's just one of my heroes. But, but here's, here's the interesting thing, and this is the, the, the thing I'm so thrilled about this concert, is, you know, I hadn't, if I would have told you, you know, five years ago that the music I'm definitely best known for anywhere around the world is a movie a uh, music i wrote for a television show that doesn't even isn't even on broadcast it's on the internet you know jason i would have told you you're out of your mind right you know <laughs> yeah and, right and um this was the first you, one right yeah and, and it's true. I mean, you know, even before we booked this premiere with the National Symphony, our first booking came in, even before we had the show ready, was in Amsterdam. And there's a huge following for the show. I mean, I've been all over the world now. I conducted in Poland last summer at a festival for 12,000 fans. And, and the point I'm getting to is this, is that, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful about television is there's a familiarity in it that, that an audience that loves the show gets with, with the show, with the world. And yes, you are incredibly—you definitely sort of will have won the lottery if you get to write a main title for a show like that, because really, it's a piece that gets heard over and over, it gets remembered, and it sort of burns into people's brains. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the one of the things I explored doing this TED Talk, which was really fascinating to me, uh, because I'm really into neuroscience. I'm just sort of a science geek in general, you know. (laughs) And one of the cool things, like like the moment that moment we were just having with the Chinatown thing, is music has this amazing ability. It actually speaks to a lot of areas of the brain, but it also Speaks very prominently to the memory centers of the brain. Right. So hearing so hearing this is why hearing a piece of music that you know and you have a memory with is a really powerful experience, and and it conjures up you know all sorts of feelings and emotions you know you had seeing the film and whatever you know. Uh, so so this idea of celebrating film film music in the concert hall, I really think it's an idea whose whose time has come. You know I. I think, you know, this is a really amazing time. I'm sure if you've been, I'm, I don't know how much of this has happened in D.C., but, you know, if you look around at the world of the symphony orchestra, this whole idea of bringing music from the screen into the concert hall is just sort of exploding right now. I mean, it's yeah, kind of Yeah, definitely. I mean, From the New York Philharmonic on down. I mean, the New York Philharmonic has basically given a week of their whole season over to film music. I think this is just a fantastic trend because, listen, the composers of today are working in all sorts of media. But a lot of the working composers and a lot of the really wonderful music being written right now is being written for films and video games and TV shows and and the idea that we can sort of pick some of the best of that and when it's when it's deserving and bring it into the concert hall is i think just a wonderful trend and and it also keeps the the literature alive you know it makes uh, symphony orchestra music relevant to to a modern day audience you know we think sometimes we think of these traditions like the symphony orchestra as an old sort of dying tradition but you know every day in hollywood and all over the world these, these these traditions are being practiced you know these these this is these are still the the tools we're using to to co- create music for our television shows and our movies and everything else you know
0: yeah, and I mean the NSO. I mean they uh, they've been doing a lot of this lately. Um, we've interviewed conductors like Emil de and Stephen yeah. Reineke, Um But they did uh, the the Kennedy Center just I guess it was in, over the holidays. They they showed John Williams' score with Home Alone. They screened that at the Kennedy Center. Um, Wolf Wonderful. Trap Wolf Trap, which is down the street, uh, did Back to the Future, and Alan Silvestri was there. I think yeah. they're doing Raiders of the Lost Ark this summer. But like yeah, it's 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 something where people can go see. Maybe they've seen the movie or in this case, House of Cards. Of show um they've yeah. seen it a bunch but to be able to go see it in a different way with a live orchestra and it's a it's a exactly. night out and it's an event setting and it's yeah. it's, it's awesome you know expli- yeah. explain why it's going to be awesome for our, our listeners to come come well, to see it live
1: all of what you said and also you know we're not ready to announce all the names but we have special several people coming from the show wow. and from behind from behind the scenes we're actually going to have a panel afterwards and have a little talk with with some of the creators and some of the some of the talent in the show which will be really fun I'll and also probably be introducing some of those people as we go through one of the names which i which i can can share with you because he's 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 definitely coming and, he, and he's such a fan of the show is really michael Dobbs. he's probably coming the furthest but michael dobbs has, has told me he's going to come from london wow. which i'm so thrilled i met him last year at our london premiere and and he's just a fascinating person to be part of our panel because he created the original UK version, but also he is a member of, still a member of the House of Lords. In fact, I, I had the opportunity to visit the House of Lords when I was there. I was actually visiting someone else, my, my publisher, and this is a really surreal story because I can't imagine going to Washington just having, hey, I know a senator, do you want to come visit the Senate with me? <laughs> this doesn't seem to happen, but right. this actually happened in London, and my publisher knew another member of the House of Lords, Lord... Um, and and so we uh, lord stone so we i said i, I admit Rhett michael i said hey michael uh... i'm going to be over at the house of lords tomorrow because i got his card he gave me his email address i said great well i said, well, we're going to be having tea with lord stone so michael dobbs came over and said hello to our table and it was just like it was surreal jason i'm telling you but he's a wonderful guy he's so happy about not only six, he's happy about all the things his creativity has spawned and, and he has a really great story to tell about the way he first created the book which became the the UK version of our show, and and I, I don't know if you you know some people have watched it. It's it's on Netflix as well, but I I think it's a really fun sort of compare and contrast not only between the the British version of the show and the American, but also just in terms of the whole political world. It's just sort of a fascinating uh, juxtaposition there. So I'm really thrilled he's going to be there, be there and. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention too is, is um, you know, I'm a jazz trumpet player, so I'm really, as aside from conducting the orchestra, you know, we heard that Chinatown excerpt. You know, I'm going to be playing. <laughs> I'm going to be playing trumpet on a few of the cues, taking a few solos, awesome. which will be really fun. And and one other sort of special bonus, which is fun, to, fun to announce. You know, this, this this score is sort of a family affair. You know, we I, I come from my family is sort of the Traps. My son <laughs> is, is is an amazing jazz and electric bass player, and and he's going to be the electric bass player for all these concerts uh... he's in college now and, he, and we're, we're bringing him out on the road with us and it's really important because you know that's such an important part of the music he played on the original music for me that's him playing bass on the theme but also it's a really important part in terms of just keeping the orchestra together you really need good rhythm you know so yeah. i'm really excited he'll be joining us and also my, my wife Joan who's a wonderful opera singer I don't know if you ever noticed the opera voice in the show uh, but uh, we use it occasionally for Claire Underwood. And, you know, and sort of, it's just a color, but it's very cool. And, and so Joan will be joining me in the second half and sort of doing this, what 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 the fans call her on Twitter, spooky opera singer. But <laughs> it's really fun because it's just sort of like, you know, it was something that I added to the score starting in the second season and we've sort of gone to a few times. and. And that, you know, I love the idea of associating instruments sometimes with a character. And, and for Frank, you know, we had the bass and we had the trumpet. We had these sort of real, and I felt like I needed something really powerful and and authoritative for, for Claire's character, especially as she sort of gains power right. and, and authority. So so I thought, well, there's nothing more sort of, you know, cool than a dramatic operatic soprano screaming at the top of her lungs. You know, that just sort of says, I'm here, you know. So <laughs> so that's going to be fun. And so, yeah, it's, you know, the, they'll, they'll be performing with me. And. And and also the orchestra will, will, will really be featured, you know. I guess the other thing that will make this concert special, aside from the video and the special guests, will also be the fact that it's not just... I just sort of didn't grab the music off the stand from the show and, and send it to the National Symphony. I've really gone through and... Taken all these themes and really sort of expanded them for full symphony orchestra. So, so you know, I I I, I hate wasting resources. So you know, when once when, when I had the opportunity to go out and and work with a full symphony orchestra, you know, that's such an amazing thing in terms of the sounds you can you can get. So I, I'm really happy that we'll really be featuring uh, the orchestra. So people, I guess what I'm trying to say is people that know the music from the show, yeah, you'll get to hear it, but you also get to hear it in a, in a more sort of you know. Uh, going to eleven in Spinal Tap terms way.
0: <laughs> you just you just did Spinal Tap and Von Trapps in the same sentence. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. How do you wow. how do you solve a problem like the Beale family? Um, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. It's a family affair. See, I like
1: the lyric. That's good. We should, can I use that? That's a good one.
0: You hey man, you steal it. You don't you don't even you don't even yeah. need to give me credit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my joke. I saw on your Twitter feed that you were you were you were excited about Curb your enthusiasm coming back and you know Larry David is sort of my my comedic hero so you know
0: well look you look you did your research you're like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna peep him on Twitter real quick and see well well today's piece is is Brian De Palma and that gets a little more creepy like House of Cards oh yeah
1: I love him you got you got to see
0: that you got to see that doc it it
1: was a great it's a documentary called oh oh, I want to see that oh that's great yeah Yeah, it's it's, great oh the Uh, docs docs are amazing you know I did I did Blackfish a few years ago and yeah
0: that's amazing. You,
1: you, you know, you, you've done a lot
0: of great work, man.
1: Well, I, I just was going to say that you know documentaries are hu- amazing. It's amazing the quality of filmmaking that's happening in the doc world right now. And I'll definitely check out that that Brian De Palma one.
0: Well, Blackfish is probably one of the one of the better ones that have, has been done in recent years. And um, and congrats on winning. The, I guess you just won an Emmy too for House of Cards too, right? So. I did.
1: I did. And, and sort of another fun sort of uh, fourth wall coincidence is actually that the July fourteenth just happens to be the day of the emmy announced the nominations are announced on the july 14th which oh, is the day of our concert so
0: perfect
1: <laughs> i'm hoping i'm hoping some of the people that are i'll be able to congratulate some of the people that come to our concert with uh with some some emmy love that would be fun if that happens
0: yeah and and you'll at the very least you'll also be able to say this you know tonight's the one year anniversary of when i you know got nominated last year i,
1: nominated, I know yeah. i know listen it's it's it uh it's it's totally icing on the cake, but it's 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 you know especially I I am very honored by that, and I th- I'm honored for the show too because when you look at how many shows now are competing for for these awards, it's really enormous. In fact, there's been talk about uh, you know sort of expanding the number of nominees in the best the best show category, kind of like the Motion Picture Academy do- has done. And when you look at all the great television, it's 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 might, might be time for that idea, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for taking this little crazy concept of a little internet
1: show <laughs> and blowing the door open for all of us. Thank you.
0: With those trumpets, in a way, sort of blew that door open. So
1: there you go. Yeah, I, I who knew? You know, it's just <laughs> it's great. Awesome.
0: Well, Jeff, thanks for your time. This was a nice little half-hour chat.
1: Thank you much, Jason. We'll see you next month. All right, sounds good. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much.